Hey everyone, Nick here from Remax Top Producers in California, and we have Jalen from Luminate Home Loans in Colorado. Thank you for joining us today on Beyond Real Estate with Jalen. Jalen, tell us what we have lined up to start. Well, hey Nick, so the first thing that we're going to be starting this whole shebang off with is going to be talking about the Colorado real estate market, which is super hot, almost as hot as a Southern California day. And then we're also going to dive a little bit more deeply into what's going on in the mortgage market, because that's something that affects absolutely everyone. Brilliant. Then we're going to transition into our topic of maybe you can relate. And we dig into the idea of what is not currently taught in schools that probably should and could be taught in schools. Absolutely love it. It's always something uh, that we all complain about. And so can't wait to get to that one. Today for our final wrap up, we're going to be talking about hashtag dad life as always. And this week we're going to be covering um, not only do you have to worry about your uh, health, but a dad bod does not have to be a necessity. And then uh, just to go along with that, Working off of limited sleep can be the true struggle of life while with kids. So that was a nice little slow way that I was saying that there. But um, yeah, Nick. No, I. I why don't you start yeah, us off? Yeah, no, I think it's a fact <laughs> of life for sure, um, based on what you just said with dad life. But before we get into today's first topic being the Colorado uh, real estate market and, and that mortgage space. I think it's only appropriate we probably introduce ourselves um, to say, how did we even come up with this idea? And for those of you that don't know us, um, Jay Lick is not either of our names. It's both of our names. Um, I'm Jalen's uncle, right? So that makes him my nephew. Wanted to combine the two and just thought it'd only be appropriate since we're doing this together that uh, we, we name it accordingly. So that gives you a little introduction for how we came up with Beyond Real Estate with Jay Lick. Um, and then beyond real estate, Jalen, why don't you explain that side of it? Yeah, well, I I call myself Colorado's mortgage dad. And for those of you that don't know, Nick uh, recently became a dad. And so it was very serendipitous timing that, um, hey, we're both dads. The company that I work for, not only the company that I work for, but a main part of my life as well has been to make sure to have that balance between working and spending time uh, with the kids and family. So uh, it can be a hard thing to balance. And I think a lot of people, especially in the real estate world, but heck, everywhere uh, have those same struggles. So if we can't help a few people be better parents, I mean, it's not a it's not a slight to anyone. It's just we can all be better parents um, and giving someone that resource while just talking about what we love to do, which is slaying in the real estate market. That is uh, where this idea kind of initially blossomed. Yep. Brilliant. And then I just want to piggyback on on that idea, which is Jalen and I are going to alternate weeks in terms of who's leading the discussion pertaining to the real estate market. So this week we're going to dive into the Colorado side of things. Next week we'll dive into the California side of things. Um, when it comes to the topic of maybe you can relate, we're just going to pull things that we're interested in. And we, I think, safely assume that we're not the only ones in this world to, to wonder these things. So wanted it to be a little bit of education, but also some entertainment. Um, what I think is only dubbed appropriately, edutain. 
Um, how can we educate, but again, entertain it all in one. And then again, as da- Jalen already concluded, um, concluding with dad life. So Jalen, why don't you start us off? What's, uh, what's going on in the Colorado real estate market? Well, the, the big word, you can really sum it up in one one word, and that is inventory. Uh, the lack thereof would be the biggest problem that we're having here in Colorado. Uh, not nearly enough homes for the amount of people that are both moving here and the ones that were already here that just can't find a home. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to compete with California on how absurd uh, home prices can get. Um, Sound like you're from still losing. what you were telling me just a few weeks ago. We haven't been there. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, we're, we're, we're trying. We're really <laughs> trying. Um, but it's really pushing what feels like it feels like it's pushing a lot of first time home buyers out. But um, ultimately, it's not a reality. Uh, it comes to the people that are prepared for and ready to go out and look for a home can still get a home. Do they get it on their first try? Um, no, not usually, but it's usually around that three to four uh, times that you're putting in that offer that you do finally get that home. Um, so that's going to be just the Colorado market. When it comes to the mortgage market as a whole, so this one will have more impact around the country. Um, I'll just read a, a few prepared statements here. Uh Surprisingly, I can't come up with this stuff off the top of my head, but major focus will continue to be that news pertaining to COVID cases and the anticipated rate hikes. So that's all around expectations. So uh, Wednesday, this past Wednesday, kicked things off with a big report with the release of retail sales information. This is always a important is always super important since consumer spending makes up almost 70 percent of the economic data in the United States. So housing starts, jobless claims information followed followed up on this Thursday, um, which jobless claims did go up. And uh, from what they were expecting, wasn't as much of a downturn. But existing home sales data also finished up this week and was released today. Um so existing home sales are also, again, it's, it's not, there's not as many homes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And can I jump in? Absolutely. Yeah, so a couple of things come to mind. Um, one, the whole country overall has seen so much appreciation, um, right from really Alaska, uh, being the most North of the 50 all the way down South to the Texas and Florida's everybody's seeing this, this massive amount of appreciation in the last year. Um, and with that being said, a lot of, all of it's driven by supply and demand quite simply, right? That's just the reality of it. I think an interesting reality and perspective within this housing shortage is the fact that yes, there's low inventory, but it's crazy to think that we've set record numbers. We meaning really as a country overall, we've set record sales in, in homes yet have no inventory. Like that's impossible. Right. So I think really the, the challenge yep. <laughs> home buyers need to deal with is the speed at which they need to be prepared to move. Right. The, the importance of where you come in as a lender, getting prospective buyers, uh, pre-qualified, right. To make sure that they can jump on whatever, whatever it is they see. Because I, th- I think that's probably the driver yep. of our situation right now in this current housing market is how prepared are you as a prospective buyer? And then the uh, uh, piece that you, you alluded to too was first time boat home buyers are maybe getting um, not having an opportunity like they did. I think it's important for everybody to understand too. Sellers might set the price, but buyers really make the price happen, right? Um, 
we we all we all yeah. vote with our wallets. So the reality is for for those of you that feel like, you know what, th- these are crazy prices, this isn't sustainable. Well, it's sustainable so long as there's a buyer for it. <laughs> and that goes for any market and any industry yep. and anything <laughs> we want to sell. Right. So as crazy as some of these prices might seem, the reality is there's people willing to pay that price. Um, and in a lot of cases still out here in California, they're willing to pay over listing price. Give an example. In 2021, yep. 70% of all homes had multiple multiple offers. And for 16 months running now, including this most recent month of January 2022, 16 months straight, we've sold more than 50% of homes have sold over list price. So again, that's just how competitive this market is out here. Um, Jalen, anything else that you wanted to add pertaining to the Colorado market specifically? You know... Colorado, we have a lot more. I mean, anyone that's been out here too can see it. It's not just, uh, you don't need statistics to back it up. Anyone that's driven between effectively Pueblo up to Fort Collins, you can see they're trying to make just one big dang metro. (laughs) Um, it's, It's a lot of houses. It's a lot of people moving here. And ultimately it it also goes back to supply chain demands, uh, those problems that have been happening because of COVID is the reason why even though home builds and permits are going are through the roof, they're just continually growing um, and getting more and more every single day, um, there's just not enough material to build homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the, the final thing, just to close out the mortgage side of things, uh, the, the Fed is expecting to do at least another two rate hikes just from the Fed, which investors always, um, they, they, they jump ship a lot quicker. <laughs> so uh, you're going to see that yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna see you're gonna see rates rise a lot more quickly, um, even before the Fed officially announces an increase on their end of stuff. So um, be aware that if you were thinking of you know purchasing a home, refinancing, your rate isn't going to be as pretty as you think it's going to be. Um, those three percent are slowly fading away if unless you want to spend money to get that rate. So just a little forewarning. And when it happens, I'm going to tell everyone that I told you so. <laughs> and so will every other right. lender. It's not like I've got some crystal yep. ball. Literally everyone's warning you about it. So um, hop well, on and, it. And I, I like to conclude with this, with, with, with those remarks. And that is for those of you that wonder, well, I'm going to buy, buy when prices are low. Be careful because you want to really pay attention to rates, which is why so many people were were and currently still are trying to take advantage of, the, of these low rates because there's the one to 10% rule. It's for every 1% in, in interest rates that fluctuates, whether it's for the positive or the negative, it's going to fluctuate your buying power by roughly 10%. So for example, if a home costs $500,000 at 3% interest, if interest rates bump to 4%, that's going to knock your buying power by approximately $50,000. So just something to consider for those of you that are saying, you know what, I'm going to wait for prices to drop. Just be mindful if rates rise (laughs) and prices drop, your buying power unfortunately gets affected negatively. Um, So again, just be mindful of that um, because sometimes low prices don't tell the whole story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's scary that that higher interest rate. You're like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, to your point, buying yep. power goes down. And this is a lot of people compare this to like, in all honesty, a lot of people compare this to 2008. The, 
the thing that happened in 2008 was subprime lending. It was lenders not making sure that people could actually afford homes that they were giving money for in a very quick rough way. That is not what's right. happening here. There's just more people that have more freedom, uh, especially with working remotely, being as popular as it is now, uh, realizing that, hey, if I was ever to be stuck in my house again for another three months, I don't want to have to see my kids every single day. I need a, a split yep. level home. Um, that was actually a big thing here in Denver uh, was the condo market in downtown Denver was a buyer's market for for a while. Um, and that's because no one wanted yep. a condo. Yep. <laughs> so just be aware if you're like, I'm going to wait for the crash. I'm going to, it's not going to happen. Uh, it might level out, but it's not, there's no major crash that anyone's yep. predicting. Yep. So, um, and again, when it doesn't happen, I'll just continue to say I told you so. <laughs> so, uh, deal. Well, let's, right. let's dig into our, our next piece of it, um, which is maybe you can relate. And this week I wanted to introduce the, the topic of maybe you can relate to this. What should be taught in schools that currently isn't? So I'll lead off by saying current events. I, I feel like we, we have our history class. Um, but current events, in my opinion, is such. Uh, an important topic because it's relevant. <laughs> it's where we're at. Yep. And I think too often, unfortunately, it, get, it, it gets brushed over. Maybe you talk about it a little bit in this class or that class, but for that to be a driver and a focal point to say, this is where we're going. Um, I, I think that's a missed opportunity. Um, with that being said, I also understand the challenges within the yep. education system are what they are. So it's no easy feat. Um, to just introduce a new topic, but that would be my number one, probably um, not argument, but number one idea to say what's not currently taught in schools that probably yep. should be. Jalen, thoughts? Yeah, no current current events, and I I think going along with that is how to where to get that information, right? So not to get political or anything like that, but. Generally, we all listen to ourselves in an echo mm -hmm. chamber. Uh, we go to the news sites, websites, uh, chat rooms, where we find people that are very similar uh, in thought and process. Um, and so just being able to, I think, I think teaching that as a, as a big lesson uh, for kids um, on, hey, like you got to think outside of yourself, um, think from the other points of view. Um, and that goes right along with current affairs because one side of the political spectrum will view a current affair as something completely different than the other one, um, or they might blow it out of proportion or they might minimize mm -hmm. it. And so that's the type of stuff that's like, okay, we need to learn how to do that. That's a very useful skill and can be applied uh, in a lot of different areas of life. So not only do I think teaching current affairs, which I think is very important, um, but also where to get that information and how to sort through that information so that you can kind of get away from any biased points sure. of view, whether they agree with your point of right. view or not. Um, and, so, and the, the, what do you think about no, that, Nick? I, I like it. And I think there's so many, of course, I don't know if a slippery slope is the right term, but so many ways you could go off into current events, right? Do you want to bring international into it? Um, if so, yep. where does that start and stop? Um, do you talk about Asia, but not South America? Um, again, so many different angles, but I guess my thought is, since we're playing this hypothetical card right now, 
um, I, I think of the international side of things and think of the opportunities I've had thus far um, that I'm so grateful for in terms of being able to travel because it, if, yep. if it does nothing else for you, it at least gives you a different perspective. It gives you a different concept of what normal is somewhere else. And I think by not yep. being exposed to those ideas, like you said, we, we all have our echo chambers and we all think we're right and everybody else is wrong until maybe you experience it yourself and you're just like, damn, I never thought about it like that. Or now I see how that really relates in real world to somebody else that does live in Brazil, that does live in Germany. Um, because reading out of a book all the time doesn't give you the full context uh, versus when you experience it and you live yep. it, you, that gives you a different uh, appreciation for for what is out there uh, when it comes to these current events, right? We're, we all look at it from our side of our side of the line to say this is how we view and interpret an event happening in um, Eastern Europe right now, um, or this is how we interpret situations that are presented with our neighbors, whether it be in Canada or Mexico. W what the reality is, it's it's one side of yeah. the story, <laughs> and we're seeing it from one side. As again, you already alluded to it, but. I like that idea of current events because for that fact of let's look at both sides. Um, and like you said, then it comes down to where, yep. where are you getting that information to make sure you're getting both sides represented? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, transitioning to another uh, topic that should be taught at schools. Um, so taxes, uh, federally, like legally you have to pay them. Otherwise you will, face fines and go to jail, but it is also not required to learn about them in school. Very interesting um, where someone can file or you can file incorrectly. And now you're, you know, you have fines or jail time. So um, one of the many things in the finance world that no one is prepared for until you try it the first time. Uh, and then you slowly stumble your way through, <laughs> or you just ask your grandparents to do it for you or, or parent to do it for you indefinitely. And hopefully they don't lie on your taxes because you're still paying those uh, fees or yep. jail time. So what do you think about uh, Well, taxes? and I think more broadly finance. And and I think it, it's much yeah. probably easier to introduce money in general. And to be honest, I, I can remember oh, yeah. a couple of experiences I had um, in high school that introduced me to the idea. In my opinion, I, I, I think that's a really great idea um, of what's not currently focused on in, in our school curriculum that should be 100% built in is understanding nope. money in general. And then there again, in this hypothetical world of saying, gosh, where would I go with that? I think taxes would be a brilliant. <laughs> um, I don't know that you get rid of the sciences or Englishes. I don't know, again, where you start and stop some of those. Uh, <laughs> hey, these are, these are classes you have to have before you graduate. But I think 100% you should have to have yeah. something financial to say you you've at every student that goes through our college system is at least exposed to X, Y, and Z. Because like you said, otherwise it's just this massive yep. learning curve that is by chance so often. Um, and, and like you said, if, if you don't know, you yeah. don't know what you don't know. And I think that's unfortunate that the education yep. system doesn't want to try to solve that problem. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely true. And uh, first place that I would start with is, um, <laughs> I don't think you need Shakespeare. I don't <laughs> think, <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's, there's a, a few, a few English teachers out there that just 
you know, felt their ears <laughs> burning. But um, yeah, really not necessary for almost anything in life, except for the occasional reference um, in your favorite television show. <laughs> so I think that's probably the the biggest thing that we can just cut out right away is if I have not used it in the last uh, 10 years of my life and the last time that I even saw it referenced was in a cartoon, yeah. I don't think we need it anymore. Uh, it is purely on that leisure scale and shouldn't be required sure. of anyone. Um, I don't, yeah, old English, don't <laughs> think that that's a requirement to be able to read or comprehend what Macbeth right, was about. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, no, I like it. I, I think that holds a lot of weight uh, because I think this day and age things are are shifting so quickly. Um, something I read recently in a book was uh, today is going to be the slowest our world operates ever again. Point being, it's only getting faster. Yeah, and all the more irrelevant, unfortunately. Uh, yep. Unfortunately for a person like Shakespeare, the the more un, just the, the less relevant he becomes. Right, the the quicker things happen. And the yeah. more information that we all get exposed to, um, like you said, that that becomes, oh, I'm, I, I heard about him. I want to know more about him. I'll Google him uh, versus I need to take that course to uh, graduate high school or college or something else. So couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, so I, I've I've college dropout personally, never got a degree, was getting a philosophy degree. Uh, came to the quick realization that the only thing that I could ever use a philosophy degree for, outside of like HR, God forbid, was um, to teach philosophy. And I think that's exactly what's slowly starting to happen with English, especially those English classes that force you to read those, you know, books, uh, th those classics, yep. um, which some of those classics have become more and more controversial yep. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, for one reason or another. Um, but uh, it's slowly becoming, you do you need to have that as a requirement? Sure. Not, I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm saying if someone is interested in it, yep. by all means, they, sh they should be able to learn. It should be noted and it should go towards, they are more educated and, you know, yep. X, Y, Z. Um, but should it be required? Sure. Uh, I can think of two or three English classes where it's like, you know, do do you sure it's it's great to have a twelfth grade reading level? When do you ever use it though? Like, when is it actually necessary versus teaching a class on finance, on uh, what's currently happening in the world? Those seem like way better um, replacements for that twelfth grade English yep. class where you learn about how to interpret. Uh, Shakespeare. Yeah. Yep. So, well, uh, personal yep, opinions. Exactly. And I, we're of course not solving this issue today, but the, the last thing that I'll end with is <laughs> then it's not just a matter of the content we feel is maybe more relevant. It's who's teaching it. Right. Because now you're going to have to reteach that to those yeah. teaching it. So how willing are they to take upon newer ideas, newer concepts? You're nixing potentially in our hypothetical world, you're nixing some uh, teaching jobs. Right? Are they willing to recreate themselves <laughs> yep. and and relearn a lot of information, well. <laughs> or do you just hire the next batch that do want to go in? I don't know. It, you just open a big can of worms, but nonetheless, yep. I, I think a very relevant one when we talk about what could be or should be taught within our our curriculum these days. Um, and and that's just the tip of the iceberg, of course. So, with that being said, Jalen, <laughs> let, let's uh, bring us home with with how we look to organize this this podcast. What do we have coming up? All right. 
Well, the first, the, the next thing that we have on deck is going to be hashtag dad life. Um, now, as I said in our beginning intro, uh, Nick is a new father. I am a father of two uh, terrifying boys. <laughs> I was trying to think of what the best way to describe a one-year-old and a three-year-old are. Uh, they do not help you get eight hours of sleep, which leads us right into that first one. Um, working with less than eight hours of sleep can be a huge detriment to not only uh, your health, which we'll get to in a second, but also your work productivity uh, and things like that. So I think that the best way to go about this particular segment, the most useful way to do it, is instead of just complaining about how little sleep we get, <laughs> um, we can go more into any sort of strategies or ways that you go about making sure that you're able to passably function <laughs> throughout the day and still progress your work forward. Um, being a real estate agent, me being a lender, both very similar in daily structures in that you have to prospect, yeah. you have to follow up the yeah. clients, you have to work on whatever client that you currently have. And so um, some people's jobs may be more laborious, some may be less. Um, wherever you think you are on that realm, Maybe some of these can help you. Um, my quick hits of, you know, just one, two hit of things that I have found, seeing that I have gone through two whole sleep cycles now <laughs> of the three-year-old now sleeps through the night and the one-year-old does not. Um, fun story. He has been sick uh, for the past five weeks with back-to-back -back, uh, sinus infection and then ear infection. So super fun uh, being woken up two to three times per night for both my wife and I. Um, so shout out to Monica. Um, yeah, life is not easy the next day when you slept eight hours, but you're like, I, yeah, sure, I laid in bed for eight <laughs> hours, but it was not sleeping yeah, the yeah. whole time. Um, so the, the first thing that I always try to do the next day is uh, don't be afraid to have that cup of coffee <laughs> and get that second one. Um, but more importantly, I try to find a way to advance the business in some way, shape or form. So does that mean, you know, say uh, I really need all the mental energy uh, there is to phone call, to, to call people on the phone. Uh, you and I are both uh, millennials. And so phone calling is not the thing that is everyone loves doing, especially people uh, of our age range. So phone calls might not be the most effective one, not saying phone calls aren't good. I think you should do them if you're in any sort of sales um, because you make a different connection, but there are other things that you can do that still progress the business forward. And that's what I think you should focus on. Okay. I can't do, I can't do the top S tier stuff. Uh, so I'm just going to do the A and B stuff today. It's like, yeah, it might not look the best. Oh, I didn't make as many phone calls that week. Oh, I, I, sent a lot more emails. I sent a lot more texts. Um, I sent a lot more video emails, right? There's always some way that you can make it still more personable mm -hmm. and different than what everyone's doing. Uh, but still not those top tier things. Just progressing the business forward is, is the biggest thing that I can recommend doing when you are lacking the sleep. Sure. What about you, Nick? Have you, has, has Diego survived through a, a full night of sleep no yet chance. or have, no chance. <laughs> what's what's going no on chance. there and, and i'll <laughs> okay. i'll start off by saying props to my wife brianna for taking the brunt of the the night feedings and and that <laughs> um not to say that 
again, I'm, I have eight solid hours straight, um, but she definitely gets less than I do. Um, but with that being said, I, I guess a couple of things come to mind in terms of how those that find themselves in similar situations say, dude, give me something. Um, my something is be flexible, be flexible with yourself. Um, I I think ideally have, have your day-to-day schedule knowing exactly what you need to accomplish, um, and by Mm -hmm. when, but that's, that's the ideal. And when you have kids, you don't work in the ideal anymore. And now you have to be ready to, whether, whatever term you want to use, be flexible, (laughs) pivot, adapt. It's all, it all means the same thing. Just give yourself that room to say, when I'm on dad duty (laughs) in my dad life, and it's to allow Bree to sleep from whether it's five, six a.m. ish to whenever she gets up. It's like I know I'm not pumping out much work, and to be okay with that. Yep. Um, and to say okay, but once she's able to help yep. out, or if you have family, um, in our case we do, <laughs> massive help of course. That's stating the obvious. Oh, what, what, what's a what's a, sol- yeah. a solution to help with with uh, with that situation? Of course, it's family. Not everybody has that luxury. Um, but I'll speak from my personal experience. We do. Um, and so when when we're able to have family step in and, and help out, obviously, then it's like, okay, hey, I can I can now cross two, three, four off the list um, and I can do that at this time. Normally, um, or when kids get older, maybe you can knock that out at 7 a.m. Uh, but with a little one, if, if you're uh, yep. doing dad duty and he wants to be held and you're <laughs> on diaper duty and all the above, it's like you just there's no time. Right. And being okay with that and not beating yourself up, beating yourself, beating yourself up over that, I think is important. Um, Second thing you said is, is relearning. I think that's a very important tool for those of us finding ourselves in a salesy type of space is your willingness and ability to relearn some things. Do you want to be really good at the social medias? If so, which ones? Um, I think it's probably unrealistic to say, I want to be good at. Yep. The Instagrams, Facebooks, YouTubes, this and that. Maybe you do all of them, but which ones do you want to yep. be really good at, right? And I think that's something to be mindful of to yeah. to steer your energy and steer your time. Otherwise, you just become okay at a number of things, and then you don't do anything that great. In which case, how are you different? Um, you just you, you dabble in a lot. So, I, I and I'm saying that from my early experiences of me trying to make sure I'm finding my way and using my time as best I can, because uh, I definitely yep. am not perfect within this space. I've wasted some time looking in, in hindsight, being like, Oh damn, <laughs> probably wouldn't redo that one the same. Um, and spend so much time there because I can d- accomplish yep. that same task by doing X. Um, but some of it, you just don't know until you do it. Yep. But I, and I think that's also the key. Just do it. I think Nike has probably the best slogan, I can think of because it's as simple as that. <laughs> Stop thinking of all these ideas and strategies to deal with it and, and do it. And you're going to fail at some of them and be okay with that. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, keep doing things because it, keep, it keeps pushing you forward, right? And it keeps moving you on to the next thing versus just freezing up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that... that um... I mean, we don't need to go. This this is probably perfect for another um, podcast uh, episode. I'm, I'm writing it down for next idea of things that we have wasted our time on or things that we would have done differently in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are everyone has a million and one of them. And a lot of people are probably stuck in the middle of doing 
one of them right now. <laughs> so being like, ah, is this really worth it? Um, anytime that you think that you've really cracked the code and you overcomplicated your system, um, dumb it down a few steps is my quick go-to. Um, sometimes doing those dumb things, you know, making a phone call, writing a letter are going to be a lot more meaningful and productive in the long term than if you just uh, try to whip out, you know, I'm just going to automate everything. Mm -hmm. Everything's automation, automated phone calls and voicemail drops and all that stuff. People do it all. Um, and surprisingly, you find the top producers in a lot of those places just don't do it all. They just do a few things really well. Um, so it's something that we can definitely dive into in the future. Um, back to hashtag dad life. And I think this is something that will be a common theme to bring up in dad life. So health is what we're going to be talking about, but it comes back to, and this is a bigger overarching thing. You touched on it a few times, Nick, when you were saying like, Hey, I need to use my time better, stuff like that. It's setting up those boundaries and making sure that boundaries are a key focal part of your life. You can't have hashtag dad life. If you're never there, yep. if you're just, if you get home and you constantly work and you go from just working at the office to working at home, you are not present with your kids. You are not spending time with your kids. Um, I know that we, I do it a lot, uh, rationalize it to ourselves a lot where we'll say, oh, well, the reason why I'm doing this is bettering their future, bettering, you know, giving us a better place to live in X, Y, Z, but know that work should be a way to get to where you want to be in life. And if where you want to be in life includes your family, <laughs> then, uh, you need to have those boundaries when it comes to that work-life balance. So, um, you know, talk to your parents every once in a while. Um, you know, if you care about that relationship, um, talk to your uncles and your aunts. <laughs> this is a perfect example of something that you can do. Maybe not start a podcast. That's, that's a little extreme, but, uh, scheduling time every week to talk with the people that you enjoy talking to in your family so that you can make sure that relationship doesn't deteriorate just because you're now in whatever job you are that uh, is now consuming all your time. So uh, thoughts on that, Nick? Yeah. I mean, so many different ways to go from there, but where my head goes to first is regret is a powerful thing. Um, and it's an unfortunate piece in most cases, because like you said, so many of us are, are guilty of getting caught up in doing, we're busy, right? How productive we are when we're busy is, is another matter, but we find ourselves being so busy all the time. Um, and with that being said, I think your, your ability to balance things, of course, becomes a very important facet um, and responsibility that you have, right? You have a responsibility um, mm -hmm. for, for your family to, to make sure you do take that time. It, but again, each one is different. What's enough time? Enough time might be uh, two hours for you and it might be an hour for me or vice versa. So I think that's relative. Um, but nonetheless, yep. you have to figure out what is what is enough, right? Um, and, and then be able to stick to that schedule and hold yourself accountable. Yep. I think that's another key piece when it comes to, A, first thinking through what is a good balance, what is a good amount of time, what is enough mean to me and my family, um, and then holding yourself to that standard. Because I think so often goal setting, right? January 1st, you are so pumped for the new year and what you have coming up. 
And then <laughs> February 1st comes around. It's like, I don't even remember what my goals were. It's accountability, right? And your ability to follow through. <laughs> so I think that's such an important piece for all of us that are trying to get this balance right. Um, is and, and then my last idea is yep. it's not about being perfect. It's about improving um, it, because per- perfection doesn't exist. Yep. Keep improving and getting a little bit better um, and keep chipping away. Keep chipping away at the things that you need to improve on and make your best better um, and, and keep keep setting the bar a little bit higher because yep. I think that's an important piece to keep moving forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a good good book to go about how s- small things um, can definitely help uh, would be by Darren Hardy. Compound effect is one that a lot of people have turned to. Um, that's the whole point of the book is how small things can continually compound as long as you do them. So if there is those, oh, I can't spend time with, you know, my dog. I can't, I can't walk my dog today. I've, I've had all this busy stuff. You have five minutes. Same thing with your, your kids, you know, same thing even with, here we go for health. Boom. Same thing with working out. Yep. Um, that there's, I'm sure you can, any, any parent and anyone in, in particular, anyone, um, this isn't just if you have kids, if, if you have tiny copies of you running around, but anyone can spend five minutes doing a push up. Anyone can, I think Jocko Willink, um, his thing is a uh, hundred burpees and people were asking him like, wow, a hundred burpees. That's, that's a lot. Like, and he's like, well, if it's the only thing you do <laughs> for your workout, it's actually not a lot. You can knock them out in like 15 yeah. minutes. Like you can do a hundred burpees in a day. Like it's not a problem. Um, another, and, and maybe a final concept that I touch on will be just the, the power of momentum and how even doing something little, um, like one push up a day, or if you're trying to meditate, doing one mindful breath a day, um, can be that little thing that you're like, at the very least, I need to do this one thing because I can do this one thing and that will keep your momentum going, um, in relation to whatever that goal is. So, uh, final closing thoughts on, on this health area. No, I, I think you summed it up well. Um, and, and nothing more to add at this time. Um, because I think there's so many ways that we could go with it. So I'll leave it for what it is. Um, Jalen, I want to thank you for, for the time today and, and kicking this, this whole thing off, coming up with the idea. Um, cause we're no different. It's now we, we keep moving forward and chip away and make this a little bit better. And, and hopefully some of you can relate to some of, some of these ideas we're sharing and, and discussing. Um, for, for those of you that want to keep following us, and you want to see, you want to hear, you want to listen to more of, of what I give personally. Um, I meaning Nick. Um, I'm a real estate agent in California. Check out my Instagram. Check out my Facebook, my YouTube channels. You can find me at Nick Gumpert um, on YouTube. And then Facebook and Instagram at RealGump365. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, and of course, I have a website. So feel free to f- uh, find me on any of those channels and, and avenues. Jalen, how about you? Yeah, I, I try to hit them all too. Um, uh, so, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm not big on the gram. I can my gram game can <laughs> definitely be upped. Um, but 
YouTube and uh, yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. That's about it. I mean, you could you could probably find a Twitter of mine. I don't know <laughs> if I've ever done anything on it. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the going. Twitter is slowly becoming extinct from what I've seen. Um, but other than that, if you have any questions for Nick or I, uh, we are more than happy to help answer any questions real estate related, or even if you just want someone to talk to you about what we discussed today on the show and you can hit us up. Our contact information is down below and, uh, yeah, we, we hope that someone does reach out and we can help them. And hopefully there's some value that you gain from this. Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you've gotten to this point and, uh, let us know if you have any ideas. Uh, if you have any questions you'd like us to be to, to ask, we're perfect timing. Hashtag dad life is coming right to Nick's yep. living room um, with, with baby Diego in the background. And um, yeah, that's going to be all for me. Deal. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll talk soon and see you next week. All right. Have a good one. <laughs>